You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. And you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your pods. And you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets, at Walker Mail, and at Not of the Scribe. If you tweet at any of those handles, then there is a good chance that your question or whatever comment you might have for us will end up in our mailbag episode that we have since instituted, I think, a couple of weeks ago. And those have been a lot of fun. We're doing the Ask Me Anything mantra. So you can ask us about Hornets basketball if you want to. We're going to put it in the vault. We still have some questions to get to, so don't get discouraged if you have not sent us or if you sent us a question that we did not mention. We can still go back to it. We're still trying to go through the questions that we have in the vault, but also we welcome new ones. So again, tweet at us, at Walker Mail, at Not of the Scribe, at Locked on Hornets. We will uh, try to get to your question tomorrow. Um, if you try to ask us if calling LaMelo Ball mellow is okay, then you just have to deal with the wrath that is not as extreme Extreme care over the subject of calling LaMelo mellow. Are you doing okay, Nada? Are you doing okay after last night? I'm okay. Like, here's the thing. I'm okay as long as you stay respectful. A whole bunch of folks got blocked (laughs) last night because they went, like, over the top. What was going over the top disrespectful? What was in your mentions that was so unbearable that you decided, you know what? I'm blocking you guys because uh, I did. I mean, look. I'm not in your mentions. I wasn't one fighting you, but from some of the things that I saw, I know that you were not okay with people calling LaMelo ball mellow last night. And that's where we're not going to lead off with the Charlotte Hornets game against Portland. We're going to lead off with mellow and the nickname and whether we are allowed to call him that because it's something that you 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 fought you brought out your sword you brought out your gun you brought out all the weapons that you had in your arsenal to fend off yes. anybody wanting to call a mellow ball mellow ball like here's the thing i get it from certain aspects but I, i'm from and maybe this is just me i'm cut from a different cloth and a whole bunch of y'all apparently um i am one of those that believes that you respect the OGs. You respect the first ballot Hall of Famers. And whether whether you like him or hate him, Carmelo Anthony is a first ballot Hall of Famer. He coined the nickname Mellow First. He had it for, again, he, it's not like this wasn't one of those things like, oh, this is something different. Like, respect the OGs. Are you? And I guess it come, for me, it came down to this question. Are you just a Hornets fan that likes LaMelo because it's popular or are you a dude that likes basketball? And, like, at this point, like, I just, like, respect the game. That's where I'm at with this. Respect the fact that Carmelo Anthony literally, and I hate, hate to put it like this, Carmelo Anthony is an OG first ballot Hall of Famer. <laughs> Why are we trying to gentrify his nickname already? And I and again, you're gonna say, gentrify it? Did you? You did not. Name. You're. We are not. Yeah. yeah who, how yeah, is it yeah, getting gentrified? How? No. Like, look, look. Like, I'm just saying. Let's not give away nicknames to dudes that are still pl- like. If it'd be one thing if he was still pl- if he if like Carmelo Anthony was retired, I completely get it. I completely. What? Get it. Nada. Here's but, the thing with me, man. It, one. I think 
It is literally the shortened version of this guy's name, and he's been called that for his entire life. And here's the other thing. I saw you tweet this out. You said, we don't do this with Michael Jordan, right? We, we know who Mike is, and we do. You mentioned a basketball playing Mike. It immediately goes to Michael Jordan. But nada. Do we have to start calling the point guard for the Utah Jazz, Michael Conley? Do we have to start calling the shooting guard slash forward for the Grizzlies, Michael Miller? Do we have to start doing that? Do we have to do the Michael Bibby thing? Like those guys are Mike, but we all know who Mike is. So the thing is, I don't think we really get to decide and put people where we we are, what, what people are allowed to get called here and there. Because what happens with Carmelo, you can know who Melo is with Carmelo Anthony, and he can be the OG, and you can still call LaMelo Ball Melo. Here's the thing with me. It's all about status speaking for itself. I think what happens now is Mike is real comfortable understanding he's Mike. We know who the OG Mike is. You think Michael Jordan is out here trying to stop everybody else from calling Mike Conley Mike or Mike Bibby Mike or some of these other guys? No, he, wait, he wait, don't wait, care. Wait, hold on, hold on. As as competitive, no. Are Has he sure? said anything about it? We, no, we because he's. You think Jordan. not as you think Michael is worried about some of that small stuff. You worried about the wrong bleep, man. Like Michael's got bigger things to worry about than another person getting called Mike, man. He's rich. He can worry. Uh, yeah, about yes, what he, he can. Chooses. And you and you chose to be worried about this. <laughs> you chose to be worried about that when Mello. Your boy Carmelo wasn't even worried about this. And I knew that for the, it didn't even take any kind of crystal ball to know that other people cared way more about this than Carmelo did, who swapped the jerseys last night with LaMelo Ball. And it was all good because everybody else cared way more than Carmelo himself did. Yeah, and you're right. That's when I dropped it. That's when I was like, okay, whatever. And then people were still going in my mentions because they wanted to be dumb. Like, that was the thing. Like I was, I, I dropped it after that because then I had people trying to tell me that um, that Malik Monk was the best def- perimeter defender on the team, and, and that, that. So you were fighting. You you fought hard on Twitter last night. Like it didn't matter. I did not. Oh fight my god! That Would you go back on your Twitter feed? Look at your old. You go back I to did. your timeline. You were fighting hard. You were. F- you were that fending was, off again. people calling LaMelo Mello, and then you were fending off people that were saying Malik Monk was a better perimeter defender than a couple of other people. But uh, going back to the Mello thing, like, here's the thing. To, go no, ahead. No, no, go no. ahead. No. <laughs> to be fair, don't be dumb in my mentions. I, 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 have I not said that? How are they being dumb? I don't because for, as far as people say LaMelo is Mello, here's the thing. What I think is happening here is, again, if we're going to go with the Mike comparison, Michael Jordan, we all know who it is. I mean, the status symbol, it puts Michael Jordan as the guy for Mike, a common name like Mike for you to have that as a trademark. Like, yeah, we all know who the OG is. The thing is now, I think with I love Carmelo. I've actually been a Carmelo defender for all the people that want to come in and say he's not a Hall of Famer. He's a first ballot. I completely agree with you on that. That dude is a legend in the game, and I don't care that he was never on a true winning basketball team besides the Western Conference Finals representative. Like, I don't care about all that. The dude was good. But what we're seeing from LaMelo Ball right now here in Charlotte at the young age of 19, doing what he's doing, we're seeing some insecurities. Michael Jordan... He don't got to worry about anybody else taking Mike because he is so leaps and bounds ahead of everyone that's ever had that name ever. Carmelo trying to rep Mello. 
Well, we're seeing another mellow on the rise to the point where could we see this mellow in particular be better than Carmelo? And if that's the case, then we just got to let nature run its course. Carmelo can try to hold and grab and ho- try to try to protect that name as much as he wants to. But the masses, if we start to see LaMelo get better than Carmelo, then there's only going to be one M-E-L-O, nada, and that's just nature running its course. That's Darwinism. That's survival of the fittest, and Carmelo just going to have to take a seat back and watch his name go by. Well, then let's let nature take its course. Let's not do it now. <laughs> I think that was my thing. That is, And I think that's, that's the thing that I think I did a horrible job of communicating about is that I'm okay with LaMelo overtaking the nickname. But there are too many stamps on the there are too many pelts on the wall for Carmelo Anthony to lose his nickname just like that. So I think that was my other thing. Like, oh, 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 pump the brakes here. That was a lot of what I was trying to say. But again, that got lost because Twitter. <laughs> Twitter, man. Tweet at tweet at not of the scribe. <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. Tweet at Walker. Tweet at Locked Up yeah, Hornets. Leave me alone. Go, go into his mentions. Go into all of that and continue. And if you're not going to talk about Mellow Ball, you should talk about Malik Monk, man. We're going to talk about Malik. I actually did my extra point for him today, Nada. That's what I did because I love him oh, so much. Oh. God, it's so good to watch him flourish with the Charlotte Hornets. We're going to continue to talk about Malik and we're going to talk about LaMelo, who is awesome. Terry Rogier had some really nice comments about LaMelo and the way that he's been playing here lately. So we're going to get to all of that in just one moment. But first, I want to talk about Theragun. Don't let the stress of daily life weigh on your body. Whether you're an elite athlete or someone like me, just trying to make it through the day tension-free, Theragun can help. Theragun is the handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power. And it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. The Generation 4 Theragun doesn't just feel good. It gets to the source of the pain by releasing tension using Theragun's signature percussive therapy, which goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. Whether you want to treat your muscle tension from working out or if you have an injury or just the stresses of everyday life, There's no substitute for the Theragun Generation 4. The OLED screen and design makes you feel like you're holding something from the future. Just go to their site and check it out. And the Theragun app learns from your behaviors and suggests guided routines. Try Theragun for 30 days, starting at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash locked on right now and get your Generation 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash locked on, theragun.com slash locked on. We get to the game last night coming up next locked on hornets this is locked on hornets i don't like doing that unless like i am totally annoyed i don't drop the big joker in spades or that early i don't drop the big joker i only do it when i am officially annoyed and i don't want to have this conversation and i'm gonna be real honest with you walker I don't, the last thing i want to be talking about at 10 at night is blake griffin and the possibility of him coming here It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Today on the Locked on Today pod with players fleeing from the Houston Texans, what NFL team would be the worst to play for in 2021? Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked on Today podcast. Subscribe to Locked on Today wherever you get your pods. Do you have something at the top of the dome, Nada? An NFL team that you think would be on the bottom of the list that you'd want to play for right here, right now? 
The least, um, probably the the Jets. The Jets is always a good like evergreen. You throw a it really is. And you hit the Jets. I think but the thing is Adam Gase is gone, and a lot of people really like Robert Sala. So I think that would be all the only thing combating that. But Adam Gase run Jets. That's a bad one. Even if you have the city of New yeah. York. That's immediately the first one that came to my mind. Jacksonville, Urban Meyer, if he's going to continue to make the hires that he's made so far, even if they eventually leave the organization, I wonder how well it's going to go with Urban Meyer trying to dictate everything that goes on with that franchise. But go check it out. Locked on today. They're going to be talking more about it with Peter Bukowski. Also, go check out rockauto.com because one reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can then use for other things like the mortgage or food. Pretty important stuff. I mean, it's pretty solid stuff. You could be saving your money for. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, or 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers, so why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck. You can write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. They have an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Let's talk about the positive before we get to some of the negatives and the positive last night. There were LaMelo. We can go to LaMelo Ball's performance, right? Um, 30 points for LaMelo, 10 of 18 shooting. He shot five of seven from range, five of six from the free throw line. He had eight assists in this one, six rebounds, and once again contributes in a lot of different categories on the box score. LaMelo was a lot of fun. We've seen him, I think it was the third quarter where he was able to have a nice offensive outing. Same thing, really starting us off against Portland to the point where you thought, okay, is Charlotte going to mess around and actually win this game until the third quarter? Portland started to separate themselves a little bit, eventually winning by double digits. But LaMelo, once again, proving that he's somebody that can handle some of this stuff. James Borrego, the day before, after that game against Sacramento, the crazy one, Borrego was real worried about playing LaMelo too much, and yet he was the guy that still played the most minutes uh, besides Terry Rozier. LaMelo had 32 minutes. Everybody else played under him except for Terry, who came in at 35. But James Borrego's riding LaMelo now. I mean, you're, you're not really worried about, I think, Borrego sitting LaMelo on the bench because uh, of what we were worried about maybe at the beginning of the season, right? Uh, Borrego was sitting him because he didn't want to throw too much at him too early, especially with a short offseason. I I thought I would have liked to have seen him a little bit more earlier than what Borrego was playing him, but it was never something I wanted to chastise for him, right? Like that was, I always was was okay. I I never got too mad at what Borrego was doing as far as playing or sitting a LaMelo, but it's funny now that Borrego, he's kind of flipped on that. Like now he's, he's riding him. He's riding him a lot because it's, it's the only thing that you can do um, in order to have a chance at winning. Like he's, he's so good, man. And it's, it's funny to see the kind of role reversal, yeah. like, okay, we don't want to throw too much at him where it's like, man, how much can you take? Cause we would love to keep you on the floor as long as we can. Like at this point, Lamelo's going to be the third teenager, most likely, to finish the season averaging fifteen five and five. At least fifteen five and five. The only other two guys that really did that, uh, and it may be three, because I think Magic Johnson did it as a no. I'm sorry, Magic Johnson was twenty when he when in his first rookie year. But the only other guys that averaged fifteen five, at least fifteen five and five, as a teenager were a guy named Luka Doncic and a okay. guy named LeBron James. Mm-hmm. That's elite company. 
You're not taking that off the floor ever, or you're going to keep that off the floor as little as possible. So at this point, the concerns about whether he's going to put him back on the bench, he's going to stunt the growth. Now it's over. Like that conversation is over at this point. It's LaMelo's team. The question that I do have at this point is if this is going, if this is clearly LaMelo's team, like it is now, is it time to during the at least the All Star break and with the trade deadline being twenty three days away on March twenty fifth, is it time to start sculpting this roster in Lamelo's image? Because you have to treat this like there's a clock involved, where you're at least doing this where you you know you have Lamelo for the for the rookie scale contract. After that, you have to keep it like kind of moving. So you may have five to seven years. Is it time to start really thinking about how can we shape this roster to best fit his needs? And I think that's a question. I think that's a conversation that we can have. And that's a conversation that I think the Charlotte Hornets should start having now to be proactive and see, okay, if this costs us a, if this costs us a playoff spot, is it going to be worth it? Because we can know we can maximize LaMelo's gifts for another year. I'm not saying actively tank, but what I'm asking is, is it time, like, if Devontae Graham doesn't fit, is it time to move him for a piece that does? Or, like, sure. Like you see what oh, I'm yeah. You see no, what I'm I think it's a great, no, I, I think it's a great point when you're looking for the future because, and, and you've been, you know, beating this drum constantly, really, at the beginning of the season to enjoy it. And this is the last time that we're going to have zero expectations surrounding this team. Next year, that change is hardcore. Uh, there's going to be, they've been too much on notice. There's going to be too many national NBA pundits. They're paying attention to the Charlotte Hornets right now. And then you even go to next season, everybody in the off season, they're going to be wanting to talk about the Charlotte Hornets. They're going to be wanting to look at, okay, where can they go when you start to climb the ladder a little bit in the Eastern conference next year, you have very much, very real legitimate expectations for this team. And this is the last year that we can enjoy all of this. That comes with LaMelo too. And that's just the natural maturation process of somebody that's developing in this league. And clearly he is by far the best asset on this roster. There, there's no one that comes even remotely close and PJ is a good player. And I think he's probably second. We'll see where Malik is. And, um, you know, and, and as he continues to, to really play well, and we'll see what even his future looks like, but LaMelo is clearly there. You could argue he's top five in the NBA right now, as far as an asset that's grown arms and legs, not any draft picks. When you talk about trying to tailor the roster to LaMelo Nada, I think what makes him so valuable is you've, you've got a decent amount of different types of players for the Hornets. And I don't know if there's anybody that LaMelo just sucks playing alongside, right? Like Terry, it, yeah. you, you want, you want guys that are good off ball, but even with Malik, mm -hmm. Malik is I, I like Malik and LaMelo out there on the court together. And Malik is someone that can handle the basketball. I, I like, you know, Devonte yes. and Terry. I always thought were going to be well suited for off ball roles. I, I, I thought it at during the draft. And I think a lot of people did, especially with Terry's catch and shoot numbers last year. And they've been extremely good again this season, even with a guy like biz. Okay. You want somebody that can catch the basketball? <laughs> you know, like I, I think that's true for everyone. Yeah, I mean, how many times have we seen assists not capitalized on from anybody driving in the paint, and then Biz just not catching the pass? Lamelo, it's happened to quite a bit as well. 
I, I just think, I guess my point is, a lot of different types of players work well with LaMelo. How do we max that out? I think you yes. want shooters. I think there's a little bit of the LeBron effect where you like LeBron, uh, you like LaMelo penetrating and then dishing out to shooters. Um, but even then, I think LaMelo operates in the pick and roll extremely well. He operates in tight spaces yes. really well where he's g- going with nice dishes inside the paint. I, I, I think there's so many things that he does well working and, and, and as far as from a chemistry standpoint with other teammates. Not, I think Mitch Kupchak and company have the luxury of just trying to get as much talent as they can and not really having to worry too much how it meshes with LaMelo because he can adapt extremely well. Yeah, but it goes back into something that we were going to talk about today. Like, at this point, you need Well, that's true, defenders. for sure. I guess, and you're right. I was looking more offensively, but you're right about just getting better defenders, for sure. Because because this team continues to give up threes at, a, at just a... <laughs> ridiculous. If you want to set a franchise, like, it's like that old Suge Knight thing. You want to shoot threes? You want to set a franchise record? Do you want to get paid? Play mm. the Charlotte Hornets. That's where we're at right now with the short um, points and three pointers. That and it's, defending the three pointers. It's nuts, not a. It's Portland had twenty four last night. I was looking up NBA franchise, not this season. I was looking up NBA franchises that have hit the most threes in games in NBA history, and you're seeing a lot of twenty twenty one pop up on there. I don't know if that's kind of like the bubble effect where you don't have a lot of fans. Um, I want, you know, remember even in the bubble, you know, those guys were shooting at uh, an alarming rate. I guess the bubble effect, meaning you don't have fans at your home arenas or even on the road. So I don't know if that affects you at all whatsoever, but you're seeing a lot of records be broken in 2021. The Dallas Mavericks hit 25 this year. Chicago hit 25 this year. Utah has done it a few times this season and a couple of times against the Charlotte Hornets. You've seen Phoenix do it. You've seen Portland hit 24 just last night and I feel like it's not talked about as much because we just know what it is (laughs) like the this is just what it is with the Hornets like Like, you know you're looking you're like go ahead you can stop it's like at this point you can stop being mad at it you just accept it for what it is right now because it's just one of those like I'm at the point now with this where they're hitting if they don't hit a record I just know that they were off that night (laughs) like that's it like that's yeah, that's what you're hoping right for. That, because even even Borrego mentioning there's going to be teams that make three pointers on us, it is getting pretty ridiculous. I, and and again, I'm acknowledging it's modern basketball in 2021, where a lot of other teams are starting to set records, even against other teams. Charlotte will give you an opportunity every single night to set a franchise record. It's it's getting it, it's dumb at this point at the kind of frequency it's happening with right now. All right, we have one more segment left to go, but first make sure you visit Bet Online AG. It's the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL, they're all in full swing. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and the odds it's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up you can bet online it's your online sportsbook experts promo code locked on again one more segment to go on the lockdown hornets podcast this is locked on hornets February is Black History Month, and the Locked On Podcast Network is honoring the challenges and success of black men and women in sports with a new series called Locked On Presence More Than God Almighty. <laughs> Keep this 
you're, you're not deleting this at all. This is going to end up being a, a, a bit. I promise you. It's gonna no. no. It's gonna be a bump. It's gonna be a bump. Let it. Let it. Just let it be. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. Kate Cunningham, Evan Mobley, Jalen Suggs. How much do you really know about all of these potential NBA stars of tomorrow? If you want to know more, you need to subscribe to the Locked On NBA Draft Podcast. Prospect uh, scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts. Doug Branson, I'm sure, is going to be tuning into that. And you have full coverage of March Madness four days a week from credentialed draft experts. You can subscribe today and follow Locked On NBA Draft wherever you get your podcast. Now, what were some of the other takeaways last night that you had, whether it was bad or good? Terry Rozier had 20 points. Uh, slow start, but eventually, I think, started to hit some shots. Um, or maybe he went cold, if I'm not mistaken, after uh, maybe hitting a few. Yeah. He, he That's went right. cold after um, the first half. Like a lot of people, like a lot of people went cold after the first half. Um, I would just like again, Malik. I, yeah. I think Malik's the only other like really high. Yeah, point of this I, is just, go ahead. Well, I mean, for, I'll go. Like with Malik, the thing with me is, you know, Malik has been awesome lately offensively. What what he's done, he's averaged. Or we're we're looking at Malik Monk's uh, game log now. And he's getting to the point where he's starting to average 20 points per contest. You know, he had that one game against Golden State that wasn't very good and he didn't hit at a a huge rate. But now, I mean, he had 19 against Portland last night. You're talking about, I think, one, two, three, four, five, six, six out of seven games where he's had 19 or more. And then you're talking about 20 being the arbitrary number there where he barely missed out on it last night. He's starting to drive and finish very much so at the rim, right? Like we even saw this against Sacramento. He goes eight of 17, but he goes zero of seven from the three point line. And he had been one of the best shooters in the NBA still is one of the best shooters in the NBA percentage wise at this, um, at this point in the season. And he was still able to find a way to hurt you and even be clutch. I, I Malik, he's yeah. putting it together. I, I even think defensively, despite people telling you in your mentions that he is the best perimeter defender on the team. I'll say this, like I, I don't see any true separation from an, any of the other backcourt players that you have on this team. And, and LaMelo has potential with his size and length, but he still gambles a ton. You know, he'll, he'll come up with some nice steals. He's got some good instincts here and there, but even on ball, there's some real problems there. Like Malik is not any significantly worse than the other backcourt perimeter defenders that you have on this team right now. And I don't disagree, but at the same time, I think we can all admit that this is a team with maybe so that, that's absolutely true. Like you, it, it's a team that needs like, to get a lot better in that regard going forward. Like that's the that's where I'm at though. Like yes, Malik has improved defensively, but at this point, it's being slightly below average. And the only guys that I feel comf- confident like calling like average at least league average defenders at this point are maybe the Martin Twins and Miles Bridges. Like, that's the list. So to be not as porous, okay. LaMelo is a little bit more, it tends to be a little bit more disruptive on defense. And that's not, and that's a lot due, due to a lot because of his length and his ability to anticipate a lot of stuff. So, like, I get it. I am one of those that, like, I, I'm impressed with Malik. He has done a lot this year to improve upon his, um, upon his status. And as we talked about it yesterday, he's going to get overpaid by somebody. The question now becomes, as we look 
forward and I'm not quote, quote unquote enjoying the ride right now. <laughs> but the question that you have for Malik Monk right now at this point is who's going to overpay him? And well, here's, here's a question I have for you because Devonte Graham was clearly going to be more coveted on the open market than Malik Monk coming into this season. Devontae gets to a slow start shooting wise. The percentages still aren't fantastic. He still hasn't improved a ton shooting with inside the three point line. And I don't think the shooting from outside has been enough to offset that the advanced stats. They still point to Devontae being an overall plus player. Even the defensive advanced stats will tell you that Devontae Graham is better than what my eyes tell me watching him out there on the basketball court. But still, you had that rise so quickly in the first half of last season. I think a lot of people and NBA teams are going to remember that. I wonder how much that holds true when Malik and Devante are out on the open market. And so, you know, at least just the overall value for these guys, not are we reaching a point where Devante's just not playing? He's hurt. He's got that knee injury. I don't know how long he's going to be out. I, it doesn't seem like he's going to play against Minnesota. That's speculative. You know, I have, I don't know, but he's just been ruled out pretty early with all these other games out on the West. I mean, not a, how, how much of a gap are we going to see in pay as far as what I think these players are valued on the open market? Because I, I would have said Devante, you know, he's making a, a significant amount more money than what Malik would be with the next contracts that they get. Is that still the case? Or are we starting to see Malik close the gap so much so that it's going to be damn near even? What Malik is doing is kryptonite to every, every team in the league because every there, you do not have enough guys that can penetrate and can shoot and can score. Malik knows who he is right now in this league. He's not trying to be Mr. Everything. He's literally trying to just score on you. And, and again, he's out there to get buckets, and he knows that now. He knows who he is, and that's kind of dangerous, especially when he's only 23, and it looks like the Charlotte Hornets might have done most of the heavy lifting in terms of player development. So he's a very attractive piece to where – like we keep, t I keep saying this, and again, I know you agree with me on this. Like, look at the list of free agents out there. It's not very big. He may be the number one free agent on this list, and he. I'm not saying someone's going to give him a max, <laughs> but would it really surprise you if an NBA team said, "Hey, we like Malik Monk so much that we're going to max him"? Yeah, it, it wouldn't surprise me. Well, I it mean, just really you know, max his value. Yeah, like, I mean. <laughs> Just looking at Devontae's numbers compared to Malik, it, you know, again, your perception is that Devontae is so much better, and I still think he's a good decision maker with the basketball in his hands. He was a 37% a, a three-point shooter last season overall. He's 35 this year. Uh, is that enough? And is the, is the decision making enough yes. for you to go after him? I, I the, the backcourt of the future of this backcourt continues to be highly intriguing as uh, this team is going to have a lot of decisions to make because, you know, Terry's going to have one more year left on his deal after this, you know, Malik, I, I mean, it would be stupid, you know, not to extend the qualifying offer for Malik. So that's going to happen. You know, what are you going to do with Devante and Lamelo is the only sure fire like that. Yeah. You, you do everything you possibly can to lock him in and everybody else. It's like, <laughs> it's up in the air. So, um, no, it is, it yeah. is, it is. Like, that's where we're at right now is that it's just we're all up in the air. Again, there's a lot of this that enjoy this team, folks, because it's probably going to look radically different because of salary, because of free agency, 
because of a whole lot of different things. So enjoy this team as it is, because it may not be the same team that come that you come back to see at the at, when the All Star break comes back or at the trade deadline. <clears throat> but definitely at the end of the season, enjoy this team because it, it's not going to be. It's funny you bring that up, I <laughs> because it, it hasn't, I guess, truly hit me. I mean, how different is this team going to look next season? It, you know, we, we talk about, I guess, the potential of a Cody Zeller moving, even though we've had that conversation a million times about how the chances of him staying are only increased from what we've seen so far. But, you know, like there's just so many things that are up in the air. You know, Miles is going to be back. PJ is going to be back for sure. Terry, I have to imagine, is, is going to be back. You know, I don't I don't think they're trading him. Um, I it's going to be it's going to be. Yeah, like the. Th- it's, 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 I think like I think everything is on the table to maximize the Lamelo Ball rookie scale window. I do really think everything is on the table, and I do think that like again, if we're really honest with ourselves, the only person I feel confident about being on the roster next year is Lamelo. Well, Gordon Anybody too, else? right? I mean, he's got to. Uh, yeah, Go- yeah. Actually, you're right. Those two. Those two are the only two I feel confident about being on the roster going into next season. Everybody else is legitimately like. Yeah, and I, I get your point. I mean, I would I would probably put a couple more players in there, but I, I get your point as far as they're certainly not untouchable. Like I would put PJ in that conversation, but it, you're, you're not calling PJ Washington an untouchable asset. If there's if, if you know, I totally yeah. understand what you're coming where you're coming from. All right. That wraps up this edition of Locked on Hornets. Thanks again for supporting the show. We always appreciate it. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked on NBA, Locked on NBA draft. There are plenty of shows on the Locked On Podcast Network to listen to. And make sure you're tweeting at us for our questions um, to uh, include in the mailbag episode tomorrow. At Not of the Scribe, at Walker Mail, at Locked On Hornets. We want to get your questions. And it's Ask Me Anything variety. It can be about pop culture. It can be about anything you want to. It can still be about the Charlotte Hornets. We'd love to do that as well. Um, again, those are the Twitter handles to follow and to send us uh, your questions in. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a great uh, rest of your day. And uh, thanks again for joining us on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. <laughs>